Hello and Merry Christmas. Christ the Lord. We're happy that you could join us again today. Merry Christmas. We hope indeed that it was a Merry Christmas for you. Of course, uh, we are actually recording a couple days before since we won't be in the office as much next week. Uh, so instead, we're of cold pizza. This is like prep from the kitchen, I guess. Yeah, it's like uh, still dough on the yeah on the countertop, and the the we're getting the ingredients together. Yeah. So with that, it's going to be a little bit uh, awkward for me to lead this, but uh, <laughs> and and for me, it's going to be hard just not to preach. Yeah, for real. <laughs> You're already teed up for it. I mean, some of you don't know this, but. Uh, you know, my, my general uh, preaching preparation schedule is uh, Mondays is to study and pretty much read all day and and hopefully walk away with an outline on Mondays. And then Tuesday mornings, I try to write like that. My goal is just to sit down with the outline and to add uh, the uh, illustrations, the, the extras. And then I try to sit on it on Wednesday and then Thursday morning, I try to kind of polish it off. So the challenge is when I get done on Thursdays, uh, usually around 10.30 to 11.30. You're ready to preach. As I'm ready to preach. And here we are. <laughs> and so here we are. He's got a mic. So I purposely like put down some points that we could talk about um, that's not on my script. So it would just help us stay off my script for Sunday. Yet. They might get on there after this, right? <laughs> they could. They could. <laughs> well, I know that uh, this week we're we're stepping away from Hebrews, right? Yeah. Um, kind of have a little bit more of a specifically Advent Christmas type message. Though, I mean, we've been in the thick of it in Hebrews as far as our Christological focus and, and that kind of picture. But with this week, we're jumping into John chapter 1. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. First John chapter 1. Okay, first John chapter one. No, that's a different. No, there's John. a no, there's a funny story here. I was, I got the idea, and and if you if you know the way I I study too, I I just rarely pay attention to references. I just I just don't ever look at those. So if someone asks me what verses are you preaching, I'm like, ah, uh, <laughs> here's what it says. Yeah. I can tell you what it says. I can't tell you what number it is. Um. And I'm pretty good at math, but I, I don't like numbers and words. They just don't usually mix. Um, and so I'm like, I'm like looking for this passage. I'm like, all right, I'm going to preach on this passage. I knew which one I wanted, and, and I'm in John. And I'm reading John 1. You're in A, John. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> and I sat there for like five minutes trying to figure out, like I was in a twilight zone. Like, I what? <laughs> no, that, no, no, no. Uh, and then I realized it was first John that I needed to be in. So that's how Monday morning started out for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, you're hey John, he he wrote a few. So um yeah, so it's that which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. A life was made manifest. We've seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and made manifest to us. So in this, we're looking at, or I guess for you guys listening, have looked at now, um, the uh, this picture of Christ having come in the flesh, being made manifest for us. And so it is indeed Merry Christmas, as we'll hear on Sunday. And so why is it Mary? What does First John, the the epistle, have to say about the merriness of it? Yeah. You know, that... Jeff, some of this, you know, the influence 
uh, of this comes from Pastor Jeff, and just verbally and and uh, from the stage, just saying like, no, we really have a reason to be merry. Mm-hmm. Like, we really have, and and he just makes some short you know comments here and there about that over these past few weeks, and and so as I was studying, I was like, yeah. Well, let's go after that. Why? Why do we say Merry Christmas? You know, and and even, you know, there's this this goofy like um, thing going on in our culture and going on with Christians, and that is, should I say Merry Christmas or not? What if they're a Jew? They're happy holidays, <laughs> you know, yeah. or or what if they're atheists? Mm-hmm. Should I shouldn't I respect their holiday? Like, shouldn't I respect? Uh, say Merry Christmas. And, and here's why. For two reasons. One, it is Merry Christmas. You are merry because it is Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it is good for you to proclaim to others that you are merry because it is Christmas. Yes. It is also good for you to say you should be merry because it is Christmas. So if they look at you like dumbfound, like, well, but hang on. I'm a Jew. And you say... You told me Merry Christmas. You say, yes, you should be merry too if you knew what Christmas was about. <laughs> particularly you Jews. Yes. <laughs> yes, particularly the Jews. <laughs> so, or an atheist or, or whoever. You should be merry too. It's a proclamation. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if it's just for you a holiday sentiment, if it's just a, hol- a sentimental thing, we say, well, then, yeah, be a coward and not say anything. Mm-hmm. Or just say happy holidays. But but also on the flip side of this, don't say Merry Christmas because you've got to protect some sort of Christian sentiment. Keep the Christ in Christmas. Yeah. You know, you better not put Xmas on there because God forbid. I drive by that <laughs> sign every day on the way home. <laughs> so it's Merry Christmas. So I get to why should we be merry? And first John one, one through four, I think gives us lots of reasons why we should be merry uh, when it comes to, to Christmas. You see things like eternal life has come. You see the historicity of the incarnation. You see fellowship with God's people and with the Father. And you see um, this uh, embrace of material, um, physical things as Christ comes in the flesh. And then at the end, they say, and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete, so that you would be merry, so that you would be not just happy, but that you that your joy would be complete, that it would be full, that it would be overwhelming, that it would be controlling, that it would drive you. Um, so, yeah, I think those are... Some of the reasons, I think there's many, many, many more reasons for why we should be merry, but particularly as they relate to Christmas, I think these are five key things. Yeah, that's helpful because part of what I was going after at our Wednesday night devotional with the fellowship aspect is that we recognize that we're getting ready to spend the weekend, or as you're listening, you've just spent you know parts of the weekend with family that may not have been as merry <laughs> of a gathering mm-hmm. as we would hope. Um, for, for various reasons, whether it's just uh, strife in families or disappointment or brokenness, whatever it might be. Um, and so you you couple that kind of challenge and frustration then with the cultural moment that you, you just spoke of. of <laughs> it, it may not be the most winsome thing to 
say what you want for uh, what you want Christmas to be. Mm-hmm. So you have that cultural challenge of winsomeness, and then you have even that that maybe you don't have to be winsome with your family, but there's at least that challenge of of uh, what does it mean for this family to be a family compared to the family I know at my church, mm-hmm. right? So how how do we pull into those two specific applications? Um, yeah, I, you with when it comes to Merry Christmas. Um, I I want us to think, and now you know you'll be listening to this on the post side of the sermon. But what we will hopefully have done, <laughs> if we if we do this, is is we're gonna walk through the um an aspect of why we should be merry, but in opposition to the way the world wants us to be merry. So the world wants us to be merry for A, B, and C, and when we're not merry for that, or we are merry for that, uh, let me back up, when we are merry for that, then we're just simply under their control. We're under the control of the world because then they can tug the strings like a puppeteer however they want to. Um, We're at their mercy. But when we are merry for the right reasons, then then we are rebelling against the spirit of the age. Mm -hmm. And when we rebel against the spirit of the age, and they figure out we're doing that... (laughs) It's it's not covert rebellion, yes. Then it will be costly. Mm Um. And, and to to paraphrase your J.C. Ryle guy from, from last week or from uh, last night, um, a Christianity that doesn't cost nothing is worth nothing. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, the yeah, it was Ryle that said that. So, with that, you know, I, there's, I have this question of where did this soft, passive, quiet, loser Christianity come from? And I don't want this to seem like such a hard turn, and that's why I try to do the lead-in there where uh, when we are not merry for the reasons the world wants us to be merry, then we will seem dangerous to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and But what we've kind of been brought up on, uh, and we're this kind of this Christian culture that is hell-bent on soft, passive, quiet Christianity— um, or the popular term right now is, well, that wasn't very winsome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I appreciate um, something uh, Doug Wilson said today. He said, how come winsome never seems to win some? Uh, <laughs> Chicago Bears fans. <laughs> uh, maybe Browns fans, too. Um, <laughs> but you say, well, but we're to live at peace, right? We're to live at peace with people. Yeah. Um, that's the, we're to live quiet and peaceful lives. That's, that's what I, what I hear. That's the refrain. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, so, all right. If that's the refrain, I mean, let's go back. Let's, and again, I'm, I'm not going to go through all this on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I'm going to take the time here. I probably would do this if I was going to preach a, a full length sermon, but <laughs> since I'm going to preach a 30 minute devotional, um, <laughs> then semantics, here's the Here's the extra. <laughs> I told another pastor I was going to preach a 30-minute devotional, and he, he said, yeah, I'm aiming for 15. And I was thinking to myself, why come? 
but I <laughs> I wanted to be winsome, so I didn't say anything in the moment. Coward. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but we're to live at peace. So let's just just step back a second and say, okay, we're to live at peace. How do we define that peace? And I think the way we define that is that there is no consternation or turmoil between us and the spirit of the age. Yeah. So therefore, I must be living in a way that is godly, a.k.a. living at peace. So there's Because there's no consternation or turmoil around us. There's just tranquility, or at least uh, a calmness perceived, around us. A perceived, perceived, yes, exactly, yes, 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 a perceived calmness or, or around me. And I just got to ask this question. How did, if that's the definition, how do you judge Paul? You should ask N.T. Wright. Was, was he faithful to that? <laughs> and then, have a, uh, let me pull one even better. How did that work out for Jesus? Mm-hmm. Right? I, so Jesus had to have perfectly lived at peace so long as it depended on him. Like, And he was pe- lived a peaceful and quiet life. That's great. He was on the radar of the government and the religious powers that be from basically the moment he steps foot onto this planet. So it can't be. That's why Herod had all the babies killed. Yes. Forget that part of the Christmas story. Exactly. That's why that's what I meant. Literally. He's (laughs) before he was even born. Like, so this is. It cannot be that we judge a person or ourselves. Am I living faithfully as a quiet life uh, and peaceful life and judge it so based on the absence or the presence or the amount thereof of peacefulness, tranquility uh, around me? Because if that's the case, then Jesus and Paul both failed miserably after that. Mm-hmm. So that can't that can't be. I mean, Paul was getting stoned. I mean, Paul was on trial for this stuff. Yep. So, and Jesus was on trial and goes to the cross. He must not have. I think some of our modern Christians would say, "Well, Jesus, you weren't living a peaceful and quiet life." Maybe this wouldn't have happened to you if you'd have just been a little more winsome, Jesus. Mm, yes, yes, that's horrifying. But but the, I feel so, like these people have only read Romans eight and Galatians, and that's the whole Bible for them. No, or maybe John three sixteen. They skipped half of Galatians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, here, so I here, it just it absolutely does not compute with me. I don't see how you can read any of the Gospels and and miss. That kind, because the only comeback I usually hear is like, "Well, that was against the religious people," <laughs> as if we're in that category because we're simply pastors. Again, just go to Jesus before Pilate. Yeah, they traded him for a murderer. Jesus before Pilate. Yeah. So, so the, here's 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 where that's kind of the kind of the background thought to this point when we live the way god intends for us to live we will be seen as rebels to this world we'll be a threat Mm -hmm. to the world that's why paul their industry was being toppled 
right? The industry of pagan worship and selling of trinkets and such. The same thing was happening with Jesus and the Pharisees. Yeah, I'm, the, you're referring to Paul's riot in Ephesus, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, a riot, a, 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 a riot over silversmiths. <laughs> a riot. That, so they're... they're their industry, their money, their gods are being toppled because of their right living. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to judge, like you, you have to then consider that as also peaceful and quiet living. <laughs> right? Yes. Yep. I, I think we, if we're going to judge peaceful and quiet living, we need to think more in terms of peaceful and quiet living is living as God intends for his people to live. Mm-hmm. And if the world makes a ruckus, they're the ones that's making the ruckus. Yes. Right? So if you stand up for what is true, that's according to, to that that is indeed according to God's will, according to his word, and you stand for that. That is living a peaceful and quiet life. When they sound the alarm, when they throw the grenade, when they throw their grenade, when they set the place on fire, th- when they melt down and freak out, they're the ones disrupting the peace, not you. Yeah, they don't get to blame you, even though that's everything that they try to do. They throw the grenade and then blame you when it goes off. <laughs> yes, you didn't throw your body on top of it. Yes, to keep it nice and quiet. Uh, well, I think that's the challenge is that recognizing you know, that we are not a, this isn't our kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. If we are truly aliens and sojourners in a kingdom uh, that is not ours here, but we live for a kingdom that is imperishable and is coming, then we recognize that there's no other state but for us to be rebellious. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Uh, you, you, it is. It's two sides, as um, um, as Wilson would, as Doug Wilson would say, not whether but which. Yep. You are either going to be a rebel in God's kingdom, or a rebel for God's kingdom. I mean that that's that's your options. You're going to be seen as a rebel in this world, and a faithful citizen of God in His kingdom, or you're going to be a rebel in this kingdom here, the against, world against the true king. Uh huh. Against the true king. And that's there's no playing both sides of that fence. Yeah, you can't. It'll chew you up. Either now or in the age to come. So along those lines, the way that you're heading to close out on Sunday is uh, twofold: uh, an echo of what I was shooting for last night, and enjoy the fellowship. Uh, recognize that you are in the kingdom of Christ. You are with His people, similar to where we even we were in Hebrews. We're in the house that was mm-hmm. built. Right, we're all servants in that house. And so we have true fellowship together with the people who love the same king. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, you kind of bring that into then complete the joy. This is really a picture of Christmas. and uh, Repeat the sounding joy, as it were. <laughs> We're completing the joy, 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 joy to the world. And so as we live in this kingdom here, how do we go about then completing that joy? What does it mean to then bring that joy to each other? Yeah. You, you know, at the end of... Um the passage for Sunday and, and he says, we write these things uh, that your, so that your joy would be complete. And these things that they're writing about is about the incarnation. So we're writing to you about the coming of Christ and the incarnation, Christ in the flesh, so that your joy would be 
complete. Which is very much a John thing, right? Christ as God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had made this statement at our Christmas time, uh, our Christmas party, that says uh, from, from Ryle, happiness communicated doubles itself. Grief grows greater by concealing, you know, from, from hiding and such. Um, but joy grows by expression. And so you, you literally have that exemplified here in 1 John 1, 1 through 4, mm-hmm. where they're expressing their joy in the incarnation. Yeah. And he literally says, we write these things. So we express these things so that your joy would be complete. What was he saying? So that the joy we have would be multiplied in you. Mm-hmm. And and I, th- I think we, um, I, I think in some ways we have um, overcomplicated the Christian life. <laughs> uh, Agreed. We have made some things a little more difficult than they need to be or or and practically i think some of that we've made things more um mystical and spiritual than they than they need to be now now hang with me for just a moment um when you get to philippians 4 8 he says finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there's any excellent if there's any if there is anything worthy of praise, what's he say? Think about these things. Now, I think the way we tend to think about joy, happiness, uh, and and such is like I just kind of got to sit around and wait for these things. Mm. Like I just gotta gotta sit around and wait for something to strike me. Uh, yeah. Right. I hope the day comes where I can feel some joy. Yeah. And, and then, well, you know, I've got to have this like, or, or maybe from, uh, in addition to that, maybe I'll, now I gotta, uh, you know, I gotta say ten hail marys, <laughs> make sure I do a complete stop at every stop sign, um, read my Bible for ten days straight, and then, and then maybe then I can get around to this joy. Mm-hmm. But if you follow the logic, like in this passage of Philippians and this in First John, John is saying, we're telling you these things, which is implying that upon the hearing and believing of these things, that you would be joyful. Yeah. There's, there's no magic formula there. There is no 10 Hail Marys, 10 push-ups, that's and a salute. That's 100% where I was six years ago. I was like, I, uh, I'm going to do my duty because yeah. I know it's what I'm supposed to do. And I view joy as like the icing on the cake. It's nice if I can get it. Yeah. And that's that totally missed the point. The point is joy. The point is joy. And what I'm, and what I'm trying to get at is how you get there is not some like – crazy super spiritual journey to get yeah. there because then you get to like philippians 4 8 finally brothers whatever's true whatever's honorable and so on and then he says think about these things hey, what's, he, what's he saying he's saying take your mind out of the dumpster and place them on these things yep so it, you take that same logic to first john and they're saying hey readers think about these things put your mind on on these things, the eternality of Christ, the historicity of the incarnation, um, the fellowship 
that comes from uh, being in fellowship with the Father and the Son and the Spirit and us that puts your mind here. Yeah. Think on these things. Your gallery wall. Right, right. And, and, and this, when you do that, your joy will be complete. Mm-hmm. Your, your joy will, will be um, known. Yeah, and, I, I just wonder sometimes if it's not just people doing some special magic recipe to get joy, but the fact that maybe they're not actually after the joy that they think they are. Yeah. Else, when they get there, it would be satisfying. I think that's the true test mm-hmm. for joy is that when you do the simple things, when you think on these things, when you are in right relationship with mm. God the Father, then you have the joy that you're supposed to have. But if you're yeah. not satisfied with that, then you're chasing something else. That's, dude, man, that might be a whole nother conversation. Like, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Cause may, so maybe you've, you've walked the path, the simple path of think on these things, mm-hmm. believe these things. And in that moment, you have God's joy, but maybe it doesn't fit your definition. So you're left wanting because maybe what you want is uh, a spiritual high. Or maybe you want in that moment to forget about all of your aches and pains. Yes. Or maybe in that moment, you don't don't want to uh, think about tomorrow's troubles. Instead of taking that moment going, oh... No, I can rest right here. This I can be at peace right here because these things I'm placing my mind upon are true. Yeah, that, that's the entire point of my resounding, you know, gong of you get God. Like, mm-hmm. If that's not satisfying, then you're chasing something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the point in the end of verse three. And indeed, our fellowship is with who? The Father and, and the his Son. son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Who else are you looking for? What more do you want? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, man, we're we're running out of time here, but I think, um, you know, that, that, that sets us down the stream or down paddling down the stream of knowing the, the true goodness and the beautiful that is God himself and seeing with faith, filled eyes um the glory of god even in the midst of brokenness Mm -hmm. or seeing the beauty of god in a dragonfly or seeing the the beauty and the truth of god when you slaughter an animal to eat and to enjoy Mm -hmm. um or you're caring for a loved one who's ill like and if you don't train your eyes to see those things as uh, true, honorable, just, pure, whatever's lovely, commendable, yeah. and you only let the definitions of the world fill your eyes with what with what those words mean, then you're gonna you're gonna miss it. You're not gonna have an appetite for it. Yeah, that's why you have a Zacharias who is a Jew waiting a Messiah. And when he hears Messiah has come, he says, it's good as done. Mm-hmm. He was looking for the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that you will have just experienced this in a microcosm on Christmas and whenever you're getting your presents and that that creeping dissatisfaction that you might feel with mm-hmm. whatever gifts that you get that were totally free grace to you, <laughs> right? 
You didn't get what you want, or it's not the right thing, or it's a different color, or or you didn't get the, the big thing you wanted. Or the response you wanted from the gift you oh, gave. Or from giving, yeah. So I, I think that reminder, that feeling is a, is a test case for us to say, what am I looking for? Mm. What am I banking my hope and trust on? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good, man. Fun times. Well, we are looking forward to seeing you and uh, on Sunday, but since you're listening after the fact, and I'm doing time travel right now, which is kind of screwing with my brain, <laughs> we are happy to have seen you on Sunday. <laughs> we hope that you guys are safe this weekend uh, with the weather, and I uh, hope you have a Merry Christmas indeed, and we will see you in the new year. Merry Christmas.